Let's welcome in the mayor, John Hoven. Johnny, how are you? Boom. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Always appreciate it. Johnny, we had this conversation a couple times in the summer. It was always going to be about goaltending. Um, Rob Blake was going to have to hope the moves he made pay dividends. Early on, not so much. A, a team save percentage well below 900. What have you seen so far? Well, I think it's uh, going to continue to be the, the, the talking point throughout the season unless something radical changes, and I, I don't foresee that happening. Um, a, they don't have the cap space to go out and swing a deal. Uh, so pretty much like we talked about from the beginning of, of July, this is the goaltending uh, tandem that they're going to move forward with, and maybe David Riddich enters into the equation at some point. Um, however, they're looking for you know 900 to 905 uh, type save percentage. That's what Cam Talbot has been providing them up until now. Phoenix Copley has not had the start that he or the team would have expected. Obviously, he came in last year and pretty much saved their team and uh, put the team on his back and helped carry them into the playoffs, only to not see any playing time in the postseason. So Copley's going to need to be better. Part of the save percentage issue, when you just look at the numbers, is that brutal start they, that he got off to in Arizona um, last week. But uh, they're playing three games, as you mentioned, uh, Toronto, Ottawa, and Philadelphia. They'll come home for a couple of days, and then they head back up to Vegas for the quote-unquote completion of the four-game road trip. In between, I'm not even sure that Phoenix Copley is going to get a sniff on this trip. You could see Cam Talbot over all of these games, and uh, the Kings are 0 and, excuse me, three and zero on the road right now. So there's a lot of uh, writing right now as the team tries to hang in there in the Pacific Division, especially you know with where the Oilers are uh, further down the list right now. So there isn't even a miracle for the fans to dream about in the farm system. There isn't anyone in Ontario that they think is ready to take the next step. No, Eric Portillo um, basically is the number one prospect among the goaltenders at this point on the depth chart. Uh, he's a first-year pro. He's played two games. Um, David Riddich has actually had the, the bulk of the starts very early in the season, small sample size, but uh, David Riddich has actually had the bulk of the starts for the Ontario Reign down in the American Hockey League. We'll have to see how that evens out if it does, you know, sort of moving forward. The expectation is that Portillo is going to get more games as the season wears along. There's some interesting dynamics in play as well. Phoenix Copley, he's on a little bit of a larger contract from a cap hit perspective. Um, coming into then David Riddich, coming into the season, I would have said there was a lot of pressure on Phoenix Copley to perform in, his, uh, in the games that he was able to get into uh, because the Kings were up against it from a cap perspective, and they could have used even the couple hundred thousand dollars extra that David Riddich would have been able to provide. But with the Victor Arvidsson back injury situation and them getting some LTIR relief, that is not as much of an issue. However, I do think over the next 30 days, over the next six weeks, this is crunch time for Phoenix Copley because with Cam Talbot in his mid-30s, you cannot expect him to play 60 to 65 games. And so because of that, you're going to need a competent number two goaltender. And Phoenix Copley uh, thus far this season has just not really been able to show at the same level that he did last year. So winning games is important. That's paramount. Um, and then, you know, save percentage and, and goals against average would be secondary. But Copley does need to win his games uh, when, he gets, when he gets the call. Um, Drew Doughty is 33 years of age, but he's had to turn back the clock start to the season. I texted you the other night. He hit an absolute bomb against Vegas to tie the game up. He's feeling good early? He's absolutely feeling good early, and I'm not sure anybody loves playing the game of hockey uh, more than Drew Doughty. It's been that way since he broke into the league as a teenager 
the fire is still there. The excitement is still there. If you watch the way that he celebrated on that, that uh, goal against um, uh, Vegas the other night, and, you know, he has a rare opportunity here tonight if they need late heroics, if he's able to uh, score the game-tying goal in less than two minutes to go in regulation. It's going to be some sort of history. But I'm sure that Dowdy and, and McClellan and the rest of the team would, would like to not let it get down into the last couple of minutes against the Maple Leafs, another uh, team that has a lot of offensive weapons. But, but Drew Dowdy is certainly feeling it. And we're seeing a more refined shot from out there on the blue line. And so he has the green light. And McClellan was uh, clear in pointing that out a few days ago that uh, Dowdy has the green light to take that shot whenever he feels necessary. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to keep this pace early on. He's leading the Kings defenseman in goals, although his partner, Mikey Anderson, actually has more points, which is rather interesting because you don't normally think of Mikey as a, an offensive threat. So uh, Drew is feeling it, even at his, uh, if by your standards, boom, advanced age. Well, 33 isn't advanced for me. I'm just saying it is for him. Um couple other players I want to hit real quickly. Trevor Moore's off to a great start. He's shooting a lot. I was listening to the broadcast the other night. He had a huge breakout year two years ago. Didn't match that last year. But what they were saying on the broadcast is he really wasn't healthy much of last year. What was the story there? It sounds like he's 100% now. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. Is last year he, he had some injuries. And that line also had some injuries last year as well. And so they weren't getting that chemistry that they did the prior year when that still to no line along with Victor Arvidsson and Trevor Moore was pretty much unstoppable from about Christmas time on for the second half of the season two years ago. Uh, although Arvidsson's not on that line, it hasn't slowed down Trevor Moore. So I, I would put it more in the camp of the, the injuries. And like you said, being fully healthy, he's leading the club right now, five goals in eight games. And so it's a, it's a little bit of a homecoming in a sense. I know he's a Southern California kid, but going back into Toronto, the, the organization that he broke into the NHL with, you know, players always like to, to show well uh, when they're going up against their former team. So we'll have to see what kind of damage Trevor Moore can do against, uh, against the Leafs. But, yeah, he's feeling it. And, again, with Arvidsson out of the lineup here for at least another month or so, they need those what I would call secondary players to be able to chip in. And on top of all that, you also have guys like Fiala and Kempe who haven't gotten going yet. So Trevor Moore's goals up until now have been all that much more important to the organization. So uh, good on Trevor Moore. He continues to be a fantastic success story. Um, they loved his play. McClellan scouted him when he was at the University of Denver. They were happy to get him into the organization. They rewarded him with a, a long-term contract. And, uh, you know, he's a newlywed as well. So life is just uh, great if you're Trevor Moore. Um. The other guy I wanted to ask you about was PLD. Uh, he went back to Winnipeg. He scores. LA wins the game. It was a perfect night. Uh, how has he looked? But uh, more so, I know you find him to be a very interesting guy. You enjoy your conversations with him. Do you know how he felt, how that experience of returning to Winnipeg went for him? You know, he has been very careful in everything that he has said, and he's been pointed, and he wants to make sure that everybody understands. He has nothing negative to say about the previous stops that he's had. Uh, in his NHL career, and he was very complimentary uh, towards Winnipeg, and he stayed and talked to the Winnipeg media for an extended period of time after practice or pregame, call it morning skate that day. Um, so he's let everybody know that's willing to listen and take the time to really listen to what he has to say, that he enjoyed his time in Winnipeg. He just felt that when, he, when it came time to sign a long-term contract, he was looking for something different, and that L.A. really met uh, the needs that were on his list, um, but he loved Winnipeg. He liked his teammates. He liked the coaching staff. Uh, he liked the time in the city. He talked uh, quite a bit about the, the different things that he enjoyed uh, during his couple of years there. 
um, but he's ready to turn the page and move on. So that was a great experience, and now he's focused on what he's doing with the L.A. Kings. He's really looking also to find some chemistry on his line. Both he and Kevin Fiala, they enjoy playing, uh, you know, together. Um, obviously, you know, McClellan would like to see more production. Um, but, you know, yeah, you know, you like, to, you like to play the odds and you like to bet, uh, boom. And that was a pretty easy bet that you knew that PL was going to score when he was back home in Winnipeg that night. They don't have very many other visits uh, to, to Winnipeg this year, so it's going to be important that he finds the back of the net in other situations. I think the thing that's probably been the most surprising when it comes to PL would be his willingness to engage from a physical perspective. Um, you know, if there's a scrum that's on the ice, he, li- he likes to stick his nose right in there, and he likes to pull guys off, and he likes to really use his size and use his body. And I think for a young player like Quentin Byfield, uh, you know, who would be watching from the bench when, when PL's out on the ice, that can be an important thing to show, right? And uh, that's just an added element to his game beyond just what he brings in terms of goals and assists is utilizing his size and being a little bit more of a physical player, something that not all of the bigger players on the L.A. Kings really are. They have more of an offensive uh, flair to them, and they do sort of a physical element. So it's been interesting to watch that develop here over the, the young season. Well, they may not have many trips left to Winnipeg, but they've still got a couple trips left to Anaheim. They play the Ducks four more times this year. Johnny, I think the Ducks are legit. They're impressive to watch. I don't know how far along they are in their development, but they're they're exciting and they're vastly improved under Greg Cronin from, from last year. They play the, the Ducks at the Honda Center in three weeks from now for the first time this year. You, you think it's conceivable that uh, that rivalry might be back this year? Well, it's probably a little too early to state that so far, but I would agree with you that it's been a very interesting development. I don't think anybody came into the season this year with high expectations for Anaheim coming off the year before, but there were a lot of question marks. There were question marks not only about what is this coach going to do, what's he going to bring, what's he going to change, and how are the Anaheim Ducks going to look different? Uh, Another question would be the prospects. How are these younger players going to develop? What's next for Mason McTavish? What's going to happen with Leo Carlson? I mean, the list goes on and on from their young players because that's really going to be their calling card here over the next couple of seasons. And then I think on top of that, you also had to question the moves of general manager Pat Verbeek and what was he doing? And he went out and, you know, signed some secondary guys into that lineup. What kind of an impact were they going to make? And I think if you read between the lines, if you go back and listen to what Verbeek had to say at the time of the signings, he didn't like the lack of physicality in that lineup. He didn't like the, the lack of pushback. He didn't like the protection of each other, uh, of, of the teammates last year. He wanted to see a different style of play. And I, I would have to assume that that was probably part of the coaching interviews as well. So, so far, he's getting early uh, solid returns on, on the changes that he made uh, to the organization, both behind the bench and on the ice. It's going to be interesting because, like you said, there's a little bit of a, of a gap here between now and when the Kings and Ducks play each other the day after Thanksgiving, if the Ducks can hold up coming off this sweep of the road trip, if they can hold up and continue to play well, I think it'll make for a, a very interesting game. And, yeah, it's, it's, the world of hockey is better when you have great rivalries. And certainly the hockey in Southern California is better when the Kings and Ducks have a competitive rivalry. So um, I'm hoping for it. Well done. Johnny, thanks for the time. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, Boom. We'll talk soon.